0: Thanks everyone for joining the E Spot with Camille. I am your host Camille Cower, and I'm very excited for you to meet my guest today. Oh my gosh, I forgot to make sure I knew how to pronounce your last name, but right, Javier Leva. Leva. <laughs> oh, I'm your backup weird. today. Yeah. Oh my, I'm so excited because this is my first time interviewing a true diehard podcaster who's been doing it longer than me and has like serious experience and background in like producing shows and making like, I'm usually talent. So this is me just kind of, I'm assuming this is how things are done and then learned as I was creating, but you have the luckiness of- my surrey decided she wanted to get involved in our interview <laughs> as well. That's why I normally take her off. She's always She's trying to amazing. come into my party. You know yeah. what I mean? So, anyway, but so tell everyone how you got started in the entertainment industry. We'll start with that because you're an Emmy award winning producer yeah. and writer.
1: That's interesting that because you know the E in Espot stands for entertainment and sometimes I think about myself more as a journalist than an entertainer but I think you're right I, I think I am in the entertainment business I'm trying to take like real stories and making them entertaining you know yeah. and to so it was your question like how did I get, get started
0: yeah how did you get started with producing writing all yeah, of it like where was well, I was,
1: you- was pre med and oh. that lasted uh, a couple semesters in organic chemistry. I, I, my eyes were crossing. I'm like, yeah, that's not for me. <laughs> so I walked wait. over to my counselor's <laughs> office and I was like, Hey, you know what? I, I think I want to do this TV thing. I want to try it out. So I, you know, I interned in the news station and, and then I also was working at a local PBS. But wait,
0: when you said you wanted to do this TV thing, what did you, what was your envision with that? What did you I think you know. wanted to do? Oh, you didn't.
1: I, I okay. no, yeah. I, I, I've always wanted to be like a screenwriter and break into Hollywood but I was not I didn't have the guts to go to LA and yeah. and wait tables you know
0: <laughs> I can Never wait a table, so I can relate.
1: (laughs) So I thought thought that maybe if I go the broadcast route, broadcast journalism route, that maybe I could someday sneak my way back into the entertainment business. And I guess I have in in a weird way. But um, yes, I did. uh, I started working at that PBS station as a production guy and then slowly started writing scripts and producing documentaries. And that's where, from there, the, the rest is history. You know, that's where I got cut my teeth.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. how did you go about getting your Emmy, though? Like, oh, the what Emmys. was that for? Those yeah, were fun, yeah.
1: And and you know, they have my name on it, but it's actually a whole team of people that worked on it. You know how it is. But yeah, um, yeah, yeah, those were regional Emmys for the region that covers Tennessee, North Carolina, maybe Georgia. I don't know. But Emmys are for things that have aired on television, and I did a, a bunch of commercials because. But um, a previous job I had, I was a director and a producer and writer for this production company, and we produced tons of commercials. And so when the commercial would air, we would submit it to the Emmys, and and every now and then we would win. So for those four, <laughs> four Emmys that I have, I probably submitted like 20 or 40 of them, you know? Oh,
0: wow. Well, you know, you ne- in this business, you never know when the dart's going to land. You just got to keep throwing them, right? Yeah. So. So you worked in commercial world too. So talk a little bit about that. What was it like working producing commercials? Because that's quick turnaround time, unlike yeah, them. I love that's that That's so mainly worked
1: commercial world. I love like the thirty second world. I love telling. I, I love writing thirty second commercials yeah. i love directing it's like a little movie and you're done you know like movies take forever commercials forever
0: is like, yeah
1: you could they're very cinematic they're very conceptual and you'd be super creative and it's done yeah. <laughs> and so i love that i i would i would do that in a heartbeat that was one of my favorite jobs because it's yeah. like it's kind of like a little music video you
0: know Right. Yeah. Without well, music video. I worked on a few of those. I'd rather do commercials because they are like 48 hours sometimes, and you're listening to the same song for 48 hours <laughs> can be a little like a torture can be a little Overwhelming, yeah. <laughs> especially if you don't like the song after maybe the 30th time it's played. You know, I <laughs> or, would, uh, yeah. I was,
1: I was a TV, you know, I was a director for commercials in a small market. So I, I had small market actors that I had to work with. And hey, we're I,
0: not offended.
1: No, no, but
0: it's hit small market actors. Cause a lot of times they want to fly in big names or at least, from new york and la right. with the assumption oh well since they moved there they must be better or more qualified actors i'm a screen actors guild actor right here oh. in north carolina nice. so right. needless right. and i got my um qualifier here in north Carolina on um dawson's creek oh nice yeah nice. so like there's opportunities here, yeah. and I'd love to hear how you were going about like with casting and all that process in smaller markets because there's people who live everywhere, USA, that may be able to have yeah. that opportunity and I've, don't realize they don't have to fly to LA. Oh, no, or, no, I mean, or, well, yeah.
1: you know, you're yeah. a good talent when you see it, and so I would hold <laughs> auditions, and and you know, it was a mixed bag, but there's some people I mean, like, I, w- I was just texting um, this guy, Carson Nicely, who was just a local actor at the time. And now he's in LA doing really great stuff, you know? So, so there was good talent in Memphis, but then there was also really bad talent too. So I, and you make the mistake, you know, you, you, you start learning from the school of hard, hard knocks. Like I was doing this jewelry commercial and there was no on-camera dialogue. So I, I didn't think it was necessary to audition. I was just uh, casting by just headshot alone. And boy, Uh, was that a mistake because you have to meet these actors and you have to see if they could take direction or not, you know? And so for something as simple as holding a piece of jewelry, like I remember we were trying to get this one shot where this guy is giving his wife or something a bracelet and he's holding it. I'm going to try to recreate it. Yeah. Okay. So he's holding like a piece of brace, uh, a bracelet or whatever, but he, he kept putting his thumb in the, in front of it. So you couldn't see the. The jewelry and I'm the like details, move yeah. your thumb and then every take he would just keep I'm like dude <laughs> just move your thumb that's I'm not even asking you to read a line I'm just asking you to move your thumb you know and, oh, yeah. no, and so not- oh there was this one, one, one time I mm-hmm. casted so I made this mistake twice I guess I casted a, a really beautiful girl to play it was another it was a furniture commercial and she was all she had to do was like hang out by the furniture like there was no dialogue but I picked her on her headshot, <laughs> and her headshot was great. But when she got on set and she smiled, she had terrible teeth. So that's another um, reason why you have to like meet
0: people in person.
1: Yeah. Not that uh, there's anything wrong with terrible teeth, but I'm just saying, like, yeah, you know.
0: no, it wasn't what you were looking for. Right. Exactly. There's something for everyone really nowadays. So um, she, she
1: had a great closed mouth smile. That was good. <laughs>
0: She knew her assets. <laughs> and that's one funny enough, one of the things I always say about headshots and um, even comp cards the goal is to look a little bit better in person. You yeah. know, I think because you want them to be wowed like, gosh, you know, happily, you know, not when you come in and they're like, oh, your headshot looks better than you or sure. so on. So that would be my um, advice out there if you're creating shots like, and all those filters and Photoshop like if you're doing too much you're not right. gonna look like that and they're gonna be disappointed and right. see you and be like Oh, this is not the girl we wanted or guy for that matter or right. even um, using headshots that are 10 to 20 years older or younger and that's <laughs> not older but younger and, um, and then, it's and a then lot likecom. <laughs> You don't want to do that. Yeah, you, you don't want to what? surprise people. No, <laughs> or be 20 pounds lighter or heavier, whatever it may be. Those changes make a difference. Because, but um, I think
1: yeah, meeting yeah. people is crucial for whatever you're doing, and not just for looks. That, that's what I'm saying. It's not just for looks. Chemistry. Or, but it's, like, for direction. Like, can you move your thumb to show the piece of jewelry we're trying to sell? You know, yeah. like that kind of stuff. Can you take direction is like, the most important
0: part? Because
1: yeah, because every- you
0: could have gotten a body double form if his thumb had, like, an issue. You well, know? But I'm you just saying, say, like, oh, that's another thing.
1: If you're doing hand stuff, you got to make sure that people have nice looking hands, or mm-hmm. it's just things that you don't even think about until you get on set. You really got to meet your actors, you know?
0: Yeah. No, and that's great for people who are looking to become actors, what different things they need to be aware of, too, like what directors are looking for. It's not just a beautiful face, but being able to take direction. Yeah. So you had this wonderful career writing and producing, share how you went from working, doing all of those wonderful jobs to corporate world. And like, you've had all these multi careers. And I think so many times people are always like, oh, you have the same career for 25 years and you retire. That's not the case anymore. And I think with the pandemic, that definitely kind of opened up the floodgates where people started realizing, what else can I do? How can I prioritize my family life or whatever it is that they want to do. So how did you manage all of that?
1: Well, for me, it was really, it just kind of haphazard. I started journalism and I really enjoyed it. And that's why I'm doing the podcast today because I really enjoyed it. And I enjoyed directing. Remember when I was doing all those commercials, I I really enjoyed being creative, but then I changed. I wanted, you know, I wanted a job that paid well because I, I was starting a family and and so I'm now in the corporate world, which is awesome. I love my job. Love it, love it, love it. I have like this Clark Kent uh Superman thing going on, you know, where I just have <laughs> My coworkers think, you know, nothing of me. I'm just some other guy there, you know, yeah. but I missed those two previous careers, you know, the journalism and the creative world. And so that's where the podcast came about because I just needed, I needed to still have a foot in that world. Yeah. And really, I didn't, when I started the podcast, I never, ever intended the podcast to be successful. I didn't even know when, when I started what success looked like for a podcast, because at the time it was still a hobby for almost everyone, only like NPR or whatever was making money off of it. But I never even thought that it could be a way to make money either. It wasn't like something that even crossed my mind. So it really started as a hobby and it accidentally got successful, which is awesome. Mm -hmm.
0: Now, share a little bit more about your podcast for those that may not know it. It is called Pretend, yeah. and you also have another one that just started as well. So, share first so about crazy. your first just, baby, and then your podcast the wasn't
1: one. enough, right? Yeah.
0: yeah, like how do you have the time and the energy and the editing and guests? I'm all- actually
1: coming up with a third podcast, a pitch, just a pitch. I'm not gonna actually like, oh, produce okay. it. And I'm going to try to sell it um, because rather than just do it, I can't do unlimited amount of podcasts, but it's a really good idea. And so I'm going to pitch it to, to some networks and see if they pick it up. But the first podcast, the baby, you know, is pretend pretend Mm -hmm. is a podcast about people pretending to be someone else. So typically I'm talking with con artists and, but it could be an FBI agent because FBI agents, when they go undercover, they're pretending to be someone else. Mm -hmm. So it's really about deception and, I have some positive stories there, but I have some, you know, like real classic true crime tales there. But it's just a big experiment about how to uh, of people pretending to be someone else. So like right now, I just released an episode about sovereign citizens who I don't know if you know this, but they don't believe that the laws of the United States apply to them. They don't pay taxes. They don't have driver's license. They don't have marriage certificates. Nothing official. uh, They don't even go by their birth name because that's on their Social Security and and that is a false document. And so they are they're considered terrorists by the FBI because they're just living this fantasy bizarro world but they're really, really dangerous too. They've been um, ambushing cops, killing them, uh, courthouse like and then even up to January 6th, what happened in right. the Capitol? There was sovereign citizens there. And so it's like this quiet little terrorist movement that's happening that that we're not really paying attention to. And so they're pretending they're so to be non-citizens. <laughs> that's the angle there. You know what yeah. I mean?
0: Yeah. So when you're because you mentioned you have a family. So yeah, <laughs> when you're dealing yeah. with pretend and criminals and so on. Yeah. Like, How do you go about finding these guests and well, how do you protect yourself <laughs> from these? Because I mean, I yeah. delved into a little bit of race in yeah. my show and yeah. the, my DMs were out of control. I was like, okay, I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't want, I don't want that kind of energy towards me. Yeah. So how do you, how do you negotiate that or how do you, <laughs> well, this has yeah. been an issue
1: with, with yeah. the family for sure, because we talk about it because every time I do an episode, I'm just going into the eye of the hurricane for no reason. Like I don't have to do this, (laughs) but uh, I did a series on how to disappear. And it's really interesting because it's for people like you who are in the public eye or people like law law enforcement that, you know, if let's say there's like a police shooting, right. And nobody knows anything about it. Nobody knows whether it was justified or unjustified or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, that person, that officer could get doxxed. Uh, people show up at his family's house, could hurt him. A celebrity like Taylor Swift, you know, has been broken into. Oh, my God. It's like every month mm-hmm. her house is broken into. Her dad's house gets broken into. Um, people who are stalking victims, how do they disappear, mm-hmm. you know? And so th- this whole series was, or how do you fake your death if you wanted to fake your death? You know, I did a series oh, wow. on that, like how to disappear. This
0: reminds me of that book, Worst Case Scenarios yeah. series. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's Wow. Like, oh, okay, this what? is fun. But,
1: scary. but really, it was a research project for me on how to disappear yeah. because, I honestly, I don't want to be found. If I wanted to find out where you live, Camille, I, it would take it's me like so five easy. seconds. Yeah. Pretty I'm, much.
0: Yeah. And so granted, I don't go by my legal name. So it helps a little that
1: that helps. And if I could go back right. in a time machine and, and not call myself Javier Leva on a podcast, <laughs> that would have been super smart. <laughs>
0: but, but my last name is so rare. It's still yeah, I mean, yeah, it would still take some time. But, but I'm a little hidden. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: So, yeah. So I, I did that episode in that series just to learn how to, uh, how to disappear myself. And yeah. I, I'm, you could still find me very easily, but I made it harder, you know? Okay. Yeah. Okay. And I'm still wow. going through the process. I want to, I want to go all in and disappear for sure.
0: So that, <sighs> yeah. So, Javier, the vanishing man. Let's see how that works yeah, out. Yeah. Let's see. Wow. Oh, so, With doing your podcast, I think so many people are now interested in podcasting and you've been able to get so much support with it and also like just you're everywhere with it. How do you think, because I mean, your goal wasn't to be successful, but guess what? You are. So how do you think that happened? Like, What you think was that magic moment where you're like, okay, this is really taking
1: off? I think part of it is luck and timing, right? And I would clump those together because when I... When I started, it was like the window was closing right now. If you wanted to start a podcast, it would be so hard to compete against all the major networks. And every celebrity, celebrity. Has to, oh yeah. my God, especially during the pandemic, every celebrity is like out of work and just picked up a microphone. Cause it's easy to do. Mm-hmm. And so you're, and I'm struggling against competing with those guys now, but if I wanted to start now, I couldn't, I don't think I would be successful. And then the other part is that I think I have a cool concept you know, like yeah. the, the pretending con it's not just con artists, but it's that pretending concept that allows me to do all sorts of stuff, you know?
0: Yeah. yeah. What's been one of your most fascinating you think guests that you've had on so far?
1: Oh, well, that's a good question. Sorry. Um, yeah, no, I mean, uh, so I hate to say this, but I, I try to make every episode like better than the last, you know, mm-hmm. but, um, i don't know i've had so many but i'll pick one okay yeah. i had this guy who is a bounty hunter now in mississippi so he goes out and finds fugitives right really? but he himself was a fugitive multiple times in his life he was running from the law and so like but what a crazy character that was yeah, and then have
0: to take the criminal to find a criminal <laughs> yeah and that's basically yeah. it yeah he's yeah. he's one
1: of them you know and um the other one that i thought was really well this is what i'm best known for this is like mm. what my listeners will tell you right away what the their favorite episode was when i went to a cult in Western North Carolina. (laughs) I was invited into a cult and Um, the cult is called word of faith fellowship. And their leader is this little 80 year old lady with blonde helmet hair. And she is terrifying. (laughs) Oh, wow. Terrifying. And they have this uh, screaming prayer where they hold your head and they, (sighs) ah, They all yell at you, and they've been accused of of beating their members and forced isolation. So it's some pretty scary stuff. And I was invited to visit them, and you know, I did like eleven episodes on these guys because it's it's so fascinating. Actually, twelve now because I did an update. But yeah, I mean, it's that was intense. for
0: sure. No, I can, well, um, I guess full disclosure, I once was in a cult. Were you really? <laughs> so, yeah. Well, yep. Um, Do you yeah, remember but- Triangle Church in Raleigh? Did you hear about them at all? They were really big at recruiting on colleges. It was like a non-denominational Christian church and they did disciples and all of that. And I was a sociology major. So once the red flag started popping up, right. I'm like, Oh, this is I mean, definitely cult. A cult. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing.
1: they don't say, "Hey, you want to
0: join my cult?" That, I mean, they even say. People will tell you this is a cult, but we're not a cult, and you're, right. and then you're like, "Wait, that's red flag number one." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it, it, it's
1: so interesting from your perspective of how easy yeah. it is to get sucked in, right? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, because I mean, it was the whole isolation of being at college, trying to find your group, and I went to a very small private school, and so I didn't know a lot of people at um, Northland State, and I was just there for summer school, and. I transferred further. Cause that was the only way I could get away from them. Like I would show up to the movies. They would be there. I would show up at oh work. God. They were there. Like it was just, and this is before cell phones. Well, I had oh. one, but it was like a background so aging myself but... news,
1: by the way. Has your audience ever heard this story? Cause this no. is awesome.
0: <laughs> no, no. So it's just like when you brought that up, I'm like, yeah. cause now it's like, I get really like, Nope, I'm not interested in talking to that person. They sound like a cult or, you know, like, I'm like, yeah. Nope, not getting involved MLMs. Don't want to get involved too much like cults, like yep. it's like fraternities. Nope. Don't want to be involved. Too much like, like <laughs> yeah, I, what, what, where's the line, right? Where's yes. the line? It's, yeah. 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 It's hard it was to a tell lot. Right. Yeah. And I really and and they start off being very charming and they love oh, yeah. you and mm-hmm. you're interested. And they're talking about all the things you're missing in life. Cause I had like some father issues at the time because my parents were just recently divorced and so on. So it was I was easy bait, but also easy to like. This isn't well, right. Why well, do I, you just why laid I really out? Really is notice. classic, yeah.
1: Classic. Because yeah. you're dealing with some issues. They love bomb you and they mm-hmm. smother you. They just take up all the oxygen in the room and yeah.
0: and, and they're can't always happy think for yourself. Yep, always yeah. happy. Yep,
1: yeah. same thing. So I was
0: like, I want to be like that. Yep. <laughs> no, I don't. Nope. I don't want to be a mindless zombie. Yep. <laughs> so well, I'm glad we wow. got out. Yeah. Me too. Me yeah. too. Me too. Um, And it's funny thinking how all these different documentaries coming out lately about different cults and different organizations. So it's neat that you did that with your show. What's the one with Allison Mack? I don't even remember. Yeah, the The Nisum or NX something. And like even the Scientology one or even in the music industry to some extent, I feel like with the different dot, different things that are coming out with Weinstein and oh, yeah. R. Kelly, and all of this it's like it's kind of cultish that you guys are just accepting this kind of behavior, mm-hmm. and no one's speaking up. And now that they're being interviewed and so on, you're like, dude, you were there. Why aren't you being arrested for? <laughs> or you <laughs> know, complicit. like, don't feel, yeah, like yeah. it's so weird to me. Like watching these documentaries now, where people are like, yeah, he was doing this right in front of me, did it. Never, you were just like caught yeah. up in the machine, and right. so like even now with this um, season of my show, I'm making a point of like I don't want anything like that. Right. On. Like I got We just really want to make sure I'm supporting people that are in the positive side of things. So this is fascinating with you, like letting these people into your life or having access oh, to yeah, you. But
1: uh, my other podcast is even more dangerous. Um, <laughs> it's called criminal conduct and so what i wanted to do was pretend it's more episodic so like every episode is like a different topic but i wanted to have a podcast where i could tell long stories like 11 episodes on one topic or you know whatever and that's where criminal conduct came about and season one my co-host and i were going after the sheriff in in jack in saint augustine florida and so we actually visited that town it was super scary um but it's not scary anymore because we realized that there's nothing to be afraid of but at the time it was pretty scary going after sheriffs and then the season two we were going after these rogue cops who were making false arrests and uh, stealing people's money planting drugs and stuff like that so that one gets a little hairy and then like we're thinking about season three and my co host and I have this like really cool story idea, but it involves the cartel. And I'm like, Hmm, I don't know. I think we might be pushing it on that one. <laughs> okay. We'll let somebody wait, else cover that. I one. mean,
0: the mob wives, they had a whole show, and I'm right. like, are yeah. you allowed to do that? Yeah. So I watched for a little while just because I'm like, wait, I thought mob people weren't allowed to talk about mob lives and stuff. And yeah. so they, when they started getting arrested, like, well, what did you think? You're on a reality show talking about your mob involvements or um, criminal involvements and oh, so on. Oh, people
1: tell me stuff all the time. <laughs> and I'm like, uh, should you be telling me this? And they're like, <laughs> I think the statutes, the limitations is gone. I don't know. I was like, all right, we'll see.
0: <laughs> right. No, yeah. Yeah, I'm kidding. Yeah. Well, I, like, um, I remember last year, Tiger King was really huge. Mm-hmm. And they had the guy that was um, – he was – I guess the inspiration for Scarface oh. and he was just talking about how he just threw Like he took the rap for some murders where it was actually someone else. And you're like, wait, so there's murderers still out in the list that were going around throwing people into tiger cages and stuff. You're like, wait, yeah. I know I don't wanna I, I like stopped watching. It's like I don't wanna live in a world where I know those people are out there. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> you know, sometimes so like is there ever a topic that you just are a hundred percent like I'm not gonna touch, I'm not gonna get involved. It's too I mean, because the cartel is touching. The yeah, cartel on it, it seems
1: to be like the one that I'm it's such a cool story too. It's like yeah, it's such a cool I mean, story, but I'm like, ah, do I want that? I haven't fully disappeared yet. <laughs>
0: yeah. Oh right. Yeah, I gotta
1: get take care of that first.
0: yeah Yeah. wow so um what other future things do you see happening with you with podcasting or in the entertainment industry even
1: i don't know i mean right now this last was it last week yeah last week on discovery plus on discovery id they did a documentary about me and my co-host for my other podcast, criminal conduct. So it was a show about sleuths, independent investigators, you know, like going out there or amateur investigators going out and investigating stories. So we have like our own episode on discovery ID, which is super cool. Um, I would love to do more television. I want to get back into television and do documentaries because that's, that's really what I wanted to do. But a podcast is easier. Right, yeah. than than yeah. than schlepping a bunch of lights and cameras and gears and you know it. And but I would love to get
0: hours, yeah, yeah, and editing, uh, yeah, right.
1: But that takes money, you know, and resources. But I think that with the podcast as a platform, it has opened up so many doors for me. Like this mm-hmm. Discovery ID thing, I would have never gotten that if it wasn't for the podcast. So I would definitely love to do more of that.
0: So what advice do you have for other podcasters as far as if they have a story in their mind? Because I know you said you were getting ready to pitch. Like, like, what's your process for as far as that goes? Or what would you... A, a pitching? Going to share? Yeah. Yeah. So
1: just yesterday, I, and it, this just took me one day. One day. Because you don't want to pour too much energy into a pitch because chances are nothing's going to happen. Right? Like this thing is probably just going to die. You have to... Yeah, I mean, that's the reality of it. Right. So what I did was I put together a PowerPoint or not a PowerPoint presentation, but like a Google slide presentation with mm-hmm. just r- really capturing the idea and the vision for the show. And then I wrote a script for a minute long trailer. And even though it's not real because the podcast doesn't exist yet, the trailer, when you when I'm when I put it together, it should sound mm-hmm. real. And I could send that to because I'm represented by UTA, UTA, United Talent Agency. So, I could send that to my agents Ooh, and they could they could, wait, wait, wait. they could could wait shop it around.
0: Where, that's <laughs> for the big guys. guys.
1: Yeah, but that's for the UTA for podcasts. But, but still. Yeah. Like, but how, did, it's not got, great, how did that go about? Oh, well, no, that, I haven't had a good experience with that kind okay. of stuff because I feel – like it gets really hot and heavy at the beginning you know when you pitch something everybody's like super excited about it and then the longer it goes it's like crickets and you don't hear anything and so criminal conduct that's how it started i put together a pitch deck for criminal conduct my other podcast and before i ever produced it and i did a trailer just like i just did yesterday and i sent it to friends and they're like well why don't you send it to uta and they're like don't worry because they're not going to reply they they never reply but but if they do yeah. it's good right so i sent it yeah, to yeah. uta and they actually replied the next day they loved it They and so we got on a call and we pitched the show to a bunch of networks like at least 10 networks new york times uh they pitched it to Wondery. They pitched it to Pain. Um, the my favorite Murder Ladies and yeah, all these networks, right? Yeah. And we had meetings with all these people, and everybody liked it. But then, as time went on, it just with it, people lost interest in it. I guess they see something shinier, and then they go after that. Yeah. Yeah. And so we ended up just self-producing it ourselves because that went nowhere so as exciting as that was and as cool as that was it went nowhere <laughs> so
0: i mean you've got to see what the process was so now yeah. you can just do it yourself yeah
1: at the same time yeah and actually and the, the show was just as successful i think just mm-hmm. doing i mean it could have probably have been more successful with some marketing machine behind it but uh we put it out there and it's it's in the top 0.5 percent of all podcasts out there so we and we did that on our own so
0: congratulations that's amazing and that
1: was just like tapping into friends we put a little bit of ad money behind it you know just to kind of grease the wheels a little bit but i mean that was just taking advantage of my network
0: of people well at the same time Full disclosure, Mr. <laughs> Red Hat is also a direct, like, you're really good at marketing. Well, so that's you, <laughs> my job, <God> too, yeah. <laughs> like, let's well, full disclosure, because I'm, like, looking at your um, resume right here. Like, you've designed some great campaign, marketing campaigns for Red Hat, FedEx, AutoZone, right. IBM. But, you kind of know what you're doing. Yeah, yeah, that money. helps. That helps.
1: <laughs> I'm, like, a so, master of none. I know a lot of different things within the field. Back of all trades yeah and so it helps you know the fact that i know audio production i know how to design i know how to write i know how to and the 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 missing link here was that i never was talent i never was in front of the camera i never was behind the microphone and so that was that was nerve wrecking and um something that i'm still trying to get comfortable with you know
0: yeah what are some of your rituals before getting started before a podcast or to <laughs> maybe handle some of those uncomfortables or twisties as Simone Biles might call them? Oh, gosh, there
1: is no prep time. It's just go, 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 go. And it's a, all a matter of taking advantage of 30 minute increments throughout the day, because I'll never get hours and hours to work on the podcast. It's like, okay. in the morning, I wake up before work. And if I could write a couple of paragraphs, that's all. That's awesome. That's a success. you know. And then yeah. after work, you know, if I could you know, voice uh, something. That's awesome. You know? And then at, you know, whenever I have like 30 minutes, I just take advantage of that. And that's how the podcast gets done. So there's like no mental prep work. It's just whether I feel like it or not, like there are days when I'm just recording and I'm not feeling, you know, I haven't had my coffee yet or whatever. I'm not, I'm just mm-hmm. not in the mood or I have a migraine mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm like,
0: it happens, you know, yeah, and then you life. just gotta
1: go, you know, because yeah. otherwise it's not going to get done because it's just me. I mean, it's just me. So Well, you have a co-host, too. Oh, uh, for pretend it's just me and then my co-host oh. for Criminal Conduct. But I handle all the post-production work for that. Okay. Yeah. So he helps me write and investigate okay. and stuff. But that, well, that know. when the two shows go on at the same time, I almost mm-hmm. had a meltdown. I, like, I almost couldn't handle it. It's a lot of work. And then work on top of
0: that you know like i have and work, family, and family. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and like w- with the past year we all had where we were working from home school yeah. from home everything's from home so yeah. I'm but that that actually really made good.
1: it easier because instead of like oh. commuting an hour to or you know this wasn't an hour but like 30 minutes to work 30 minutes back i mean that's an hour i gained you yeah know? so true yeah so every, every 30 minutes counts.
0: <laughs> no, for sure. Because um, when I transitioned to podcasting, I was doing a one-day-a-week show for 30 minutes on the radio. It was all about entertainment and just sharing different events that were going on in the Raleigh-Durham area as well. But I was interviewing different people in the entertainment industry because I wanted to draw more attention to the fact that North Carolina – Mm-hmm. Used to be the top three in filming yeah. and wanted to kind of bring that energy back after HB2 kind of killed it all yeah. here. And right. So um in the process of that is when the pandemic hit and everything shut down. Different publicists were contacting me about did I know any podcasts? And I was like, no, I'm in radio, yeah. you know, like <laughs> why would I know? Why would you want to go backwards? Is what I was thinking all at the right. same time too. But it has opened a whole new world. And I think yeah. a lot more people, even though it's saturated, you just never know what opportunities can come from it, but also just putting yourself out there and meeting new people and just like, I it's love a long game. It's a yeah. long game.
1: It's not about who does it best, mm-hmm. who's more, you know, uh, you can have like the biggest celebrity start a podcast and then they're just going to get bored and stop. You know, it's a, it's a little engine that could, you know, it's like, yeah, it's yeah. whoever could stick it out yeah true
0: true so moving forward with everything that you're doing um you said you wanted to get in back into documentaries and so on and i wonder if you have any advice for anyone that you would like to share with any like all the different careers that you've done like is there anything that you would suggest because so many times people are like you got to stick to one thing and yeah. one thing only or don't quit um well, they'll say don't quit your day job, which you're able to be able to do both. But sometimes, like I was talking to someone to. else, like you got to support your habits some, some yeah. way sometimes, sometimes too. To, yeah. So, what advice would you give about all of that?
1: Well, it's so funny because uh, we were just at the beach last week with my mm-hmm. little niece, who's in she's in high school. She's going into tenth grade or something like that. And the topic <laughs> came up of like, what do you want to do? And she wants to do so many things. Like she wants to to film, but she also likes writing and she likes art and she likes music. And I'm like, OK, well, the the instinct, the parent instinct is like focus, you know, like yeah. focus, which she should. She should focus. But the advice that I would have is said, don't overthink it. It's like, what is it that you actually enjoy doing? And just mm-hmm. do that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and if it doesn't pay well, then like, like you and I just said, you know, find something sure. that supports the, the habit. <laughs>
0: yeah. Right. you do kind of enjoy right. it. Does, yeah.
1: yeah, and still enjoy it. But that that was a really tough lesson for me. Because mm-hmm. most of my career, I, my passion and my creativity was intertwined with my job, it was the same thing. Mm-hmm. And so like, now, I see them as two different things, they don't have to be the same thing. You know, my job is my job. And I love it. And it's fun. And it's fine. You know, like, I love it. I've never, like, unhappy there. But the stuff that really gets me going, that that doesn't need to be the same thing. You know, if you can separate those two things, then you'll be happier at your job. You'll be happy because you're doing art. You're creating whatever you want, and nobody's telling you. Uh, Nobody's telling you if they like it or they don't like it. And if they do tell you they don't like it, who cares? Like, I just had somebody tweet at me the other day it's like, Oh, you brought up Trump again. I'm unsubscribing. Bye. You know, like, yeah. I'm not, I'm not doing this for you. No. <laughs> and it's free. Yeah. 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 And I didn't even say anything bad about you. I, I just mentioned the T word, you know? And yeah. I was like, well, wait, you don't want to listen to it.
0: That's fine. I don't care. Right. You know? No. Yeah. Yeah. It's like when people announce they're leaving a Facebook group or something like, okay. <laughs> Hi, it was nice knowing you didn't know you existed before you told me you were leaving, but <laughs> I do appreciate you
1: the people yeah. that do listen because, and of the course. people that give me good feedback because I mean, I, I have a Patreon channel. I don't know if you do. Um, no. And that's been so, you know, I, I support other artists through Patreon, but people, a lot of people support me And they do it for no reason either. Like I I try to give them the perks and they don't even care about it. Like, you know, like if you donate a certain amount, I'll give you a t-shirt and they're like, ah, don't worry about it. I just want to support you. And I'm like, man, that is awesome because they're supporting my hobby. Isn't that crazy? I mean, they're getting a lot out of it
0: because they
1: enjoy it and they want to keep me going. And so, I mean, it's awesome. My my fans are like the best. I love them so much.
0: That's amazing because – do I share this? Whatever. Who cares. <laughs> I'll be honest, Go for it. full transparency. I, I can't, like I can't do the sponsor thing because it's just, I don't know. I think maybe it's because being oh, like an actor, commercials and stuff like that. Or- yeah. Like I just don't want to, I don't like the nose you know, I get enough notes with auditioning and different things. So like even putting myself out to try to get sponsorships or doing Patreons or crowdfunding, I'm like, well, what if nobody does it? And then it's like, nobody does it now. So what difference would it make? But at the same time, it's like, I've had different people that I reached out to for sponsorships and it like they didn't pay or they didn't pay the full price. So it's like, I don't want to do deal with all that. Cause I'm not going to try yeah. to find you and do all that. And I have ad network though
1: that takes care of that for um, me. So they deal with all the rejection.
0: <laughs> well, see, I, so I started going to digital marketing with George Washington business school. So I could learn more of, I guess the terms and tech and more about it. So maybe I could find another way to support my podcasting habit, but because I do it all myself, too. Like all yeah. the marketing and all that. and we could talk the, offline like, on how to do that, yeah. yeah, cause
1: I, I mean, that that was a process too. That was like a different phase for me, like crossing yeah. over into well, Patreon support, but also having commercials. Um, that's actually is the only negative part of my job, even though commercials bring me money, you know, like it's yeah. it supports the show. It yeah. also made the hobby work. <laughs> because like all of a sudden I sold 12 I mean this is a good problem to have but I sold t- 12 months of hello fresh ads or something I don't know or like I don't know some commercial I I sold 12 months of it which is awesome yeah, yeah. but, but yeah. guess what that means I have to deliver 12 months worth of content <laughs> oh right 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 yeah or if i if i did like 11 episodes and i needed a breather i would take a couple months off and then come back on Mm. and now i just feel like every week or every other week i have to like pump something out because i have this obligation you know Right. So well,
0: it's a little different when they're also paying for the obligation. Maybe oh, it's, yeah. more it's awesome.
1: It <laughs> no, it, it's a great problem to have, but I'm just saying yeah. like it took this yeah. like really cool, nice hobby into, and made it a, another job basically. Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, that, and so that's the other part of it. I have been getting like other paying gigs, mm-hmm. but for the actual podcast, I'm like, uh, well, so you much think work about already, it. but well, yeah, the,
1: the podcast also could be just a way of putting yourself out there and becoming like a subject matter expert on Raleigh entertainment, you know what I mean? So like, even yeah, though it yeah, probably yeah. doesn't pay for itself, it probably opens up other doors that you didn't realize, you know?
0: Yeah. That's the part. Cause every, like people are always like, well, what, how do you monetize? And da-da-da. I'm like, I don't really care about all that part. Cause I enjoy it. And I don't want to dirty it up with right. maybe having sponsors. I don't like, I mean, I luckily hello oh. fresh is a fun one. <laughs> oh, but <laughs> I reject free food part. out of a deal too, you yeah. know, but there's still that matter of like, what if uh, um, you end up with a sponsorship and then the next week they end up doing something morally bad and now you're stuck promoting a brand and you're like, well, depending on the money, maybe I would. (laughs) (laughs) But you know, it's also like with still working in the film industry or acting and commercial work, I don't want to end up causing conflicts where Because I make more money as a Screen Actors Guild actor, because right. right. you get residuals and so on, as opposed right. to with pot You wouldn't. So it's like, uh, yeah. I don't want to oversaturate myself into a possibility that it refuses bigger opportunities, if that makes sense. But, yep. you know, if I have that problem, I'll let you know. <laughs> 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 so, but still, well... But- I, I'm glad you brought this up because there's so many different ways that you can make money in podcasting and to not feel limited into only getting sponsorships. And like you mentioned, becoming an expert, there's so many different ways that you can find ways to make your hobby mm-hmm. your career. So, And even with like your niece, like with her being so young, you just never really know what could be available to her by the time she's Who knows? career age or, I mean, there's kids now There, are like one you of know my, what the my difference? girlfriends. She has three hundred thousand on TikTok. Her yeah, daughter does. She's great. twelve, so it's like you yeah. really never. But know you and I happened. didn't have that when we were that young. Like, no, we didn't even if, have MySpace.
1: If we wanted to do, make a film, yeah, we had to know somebody who had a film camera. <laughs> you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like it was just like now you can just you have everything in your pocket. Yeah, yeah everything, mm-hmm. and we didn't have that advantage. So that, that's yeah. what I told her. I was like, take advantage of it because if if Camila and Javier had it back then, we would have. Who knows where we were be right bit. now?
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, even like when you were talking about marketing and all that, like there's so many tools to help, so you don't have to hire people out to some right. extent. Like, I, like I use Canva to do a lot of my marketing mm-hmm. things, or I've heard of people that could just use Fiverr here and there, different yeah platform stuff that it, so you don't have to do it all. If you do have any deficits, there's other things that help you. And um, is there anything you would like to share on that aspect too? Like different things that have helped you along the way that people can use or? Well,
1: I don't know. I mean, is your audience kind of technical? Because there's one- A magic. little bit of
0: everything. Yeah, yeah it, it runs the gamut. Really? Uh, there's one
1: tool good. that has been such a lifesaver. It's called Descript, D-E-S-C-R-I-P-T. And it is like- it is unbelievable. Guy. You should probably use it. So yeah, basically it, it, it transcribes all my interviews into text, right? And then mm-hmm. it assigns like speaker names. So like I could say, Oh, this was Camille. This is Javier. And so now, you know, Camille Javier. And as I'm crossing things out, it's actually editing the audio. And if I move like this paragraph up, it moves the audio up. And so by the time I'm done writing a script, the whole damn thing is edited <laughs> it's crazy. That's i mean it's not a hundred percent edited but it yeah. is like 90 percent. so then all i gotta do is like cl- add music clean it up boom ship it i was able to th- turn around this last episode uh yeah. in like 24 hours i mean not not the writing the writing took a, a long time but like from or sorry not the writing but um the reporting and the investigation part took a lot Right, than right, that, right. but putting it all together, I was able to turn it around in 24 hours. It was nuts.
0: Okay, I'm very impressed. And by then that. it, it exactly. uses artificial
1: intelligence to. So I read 30 minutes of, or no, 10 minutes of The Wizard of Oz, and it learned my voice. And so when I type now, like my narration, it's typing and in my voice. Like if I press play, it's me reading what I just typed that I've never voiced before. It uses like deep fake technology
0: It's so mind blowing, and like I don't. I I thought you were going to say like Calendly or something. (laughs) You went real good. This is great information. Yeah, Yeah, it is.
1: No, it's just mind blowing. And like I, I'll never use my deep fake voice like on the show, but it is a good uh, scratch track. What we call a scratch track, where it's just a placeholder. And so I know where. And so I just have to replace my deep fake voice with my real voice, and then pump it out. But Absolutely. I mean it took it took what used to cost a lot of money when I used to farm out the edit you know for my mm-hmm. like that costs like a couple hundred bucks and then the writing I just combined it into one step it's really cool now
0: see I've been using so like I obviously I do video so I use YouTube the transcripts from there and it's such a pain cuz it doesn't separate by speaker okay, you need to, and it, by time. And so I like delete out the time stamp and then, da, 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 and then like halfway through, I'm like, ah, I don't care.
1: You need to, you need <laughs> to I'm do like,
0: this. This is a voice. This isn't for writing, but now you yeah. just made it easy. Plus I'm dyslexic and ADHD. So like, oh, yeah. it's really easy for me to get distracted and rabbit holes. So this, yeah. Thank mm-hmm. you. Yep. Thank you. <laughs> did it. I'm so glad I asked that. So yeah, um, it works with video too. It's the same. <laughs> Life just got so much easier. I never used well, it that
1: way, but but yeah, it yeah. works with video. It's nuts.
0: See, you're making it easier and easier for the solopreneur over here. Well, you gotta find <laughs> yeah. shortcuts because you really do. Yeah. You really do because I I do a lot of things on my phone, but for the most part, it's on my laptop. But like, I don't know if you're good about sitting in ergonomic chairs all the time while you're doing your work. I am not. Sometimes no, I'm laying in my bed. Desk. Sometimes yeah. I'm on the couch, like where, you know, the 30 minutes, wherever you can. So I'm watching TV with my kid or doing other stuff while I'm working it. So it's like anything that can keep me off my device more yeah. sold. Yeah. So you need your thank life you for back. that one. Yeah. <laughs> well, my, I'm like, I'm going to end up having like elephant legs from sitting so much. I, and keep I, have it the, up. I have
1: the standing desk too. So like halfway through the <sighs> day, I raise it. And,
0: okay. Yeah. That's smart because I did get like um, a massage chair. So like I have that going sometimes, yeah. but then you see me doing this rocking yep. during Zoom. Like, <laughs> you're like okay, oh, maybe man. I need to chill out yeah. on my yeah. massage chair. Okay. So, but anyway, thank you so much, Javier. This has been amazing. Tell everyone where they can keep up with you, where you want them to keep up with you since you're That's getting right. ready to disappear. Yeah. <laughs> 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 and so where can they find you? Find and more before about before I disappear. Then. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: At had uh, a pretend pod and uh, that's like on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at pretend pod. I think it's all one word, or you can go to pretendradio.org org and, or criminal conduct.net. Those are the two podcasts. So we'll see if the third and one. We, gotta make cool. sure we
0: check you out on discovery plus. Oh too. yeah. That's,
1: yeah. The I show's saw called, that on
0: Twitter, but it went over my head for some reason. Cause I should have watched it before I interviewed you. Oh but. no, it's fine. It's called
1: citizen PI the show. Okay. And it's episode one. <sighs> okay. So.
0: Ah, yeah. perfect, because I can get the seven day trial. Yeah, that's right. Because <laughs> <laughs> I because um I was trying to watch some old design stars and discovered it was only on Discover Plus. But I, know. I was like, oh, let me know. wait. That's, until- what
1: they, that's what they were saying. They're like, oh, but it's only going to be on Discover Plus. And I'm like, oh, well, that sucks. Now my mom can't watch it. You know, it's like, <laughs> but they're like, no, but this is exclusive. This is a good thing. I'm like, no, it's not, because nobody's going to watch it.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, I, I have Direct TV. I have Netflix. I have, I know. you know, it's like. I can't afford if I had Another every thing. streaming thing like and the NFL tickets getting ready to start back again so my husband yeah. would be looking at me like
1: all right that's enough
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah it broadcast officially costs you two because <laughs> you're streaming everything but yeah. anyway thank you again Javier I will make the seven-day trial to make sure I watch because that's worth it that's so right. thanks again well, thank you
1: for having me this is fun
0: It was my pleasure and have a great rest of your day.
1: Yeah, you too. Take care.
0: Thanks everyone for tuning in. This is my guest Javier and make sure you watch pretend podcast as well as make sure you tune in to the e-spot with Camille every weekday, every weekday, every Thursday at one o'clock. Thanks again.